Hey everybody, this is James Chen, aka Jay Chenzor, and you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, number one rated podcast in the state of Hawaii, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, coming at you with another episode, and this one's going to be really, really phenomenal because I have with me the legendary, the one and only, the man known as the voice of Street Fighter, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenser. The man's a legend in the industry. He's the voice of Street Fighter for... for for so long now it's just it's iconic this man is simply iconic and i'm so happy to have him on the show he's the host of his own podcast ultra 10 tv you can catch it on twitch and it's just it's so amazing having him on here just someone who gets to go to evo and, and do commentary for evo you know for capcom pro tour and for many other fcc events it's such an honor having him on so if you guys are ready to do it I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome James, or if you prefer to call him, Jay Chenser, onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have with me the one, the only, the immortal, <laughs> the legendary James Chen. James, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. Uh, although no one calls me by that handle, but whatever. It's still there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, go ahead, man. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Plug your social media, your projects, your Twitch, everything you're working oh, on. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, so in case people don't know, you know, uh, I'm a commentator for the fighting game community. Uh, I do a lot of commentary, particularly for Street Fighter V, although... I'm doing. I'm trying to do as many other games as I can right now. Um, and also, uh, you know, I consider myself a fighting game historian, <laughs> an FGC historian, because I've been <laughs> around for so long. But uh, I, I, I like to try to uh, get people. I try to help beginners get new people into the scene. So I do a lot of beginner content, and so you can find a lot of that stuff. I stream a lot on Twitch.tv/slash Jchenzor. And then on Twitter, you can find me and ask me questions and talk to me and everything on uh, twitter.com slash jchenzor. Uh, also, um, I'm part of a, a, a team called Ultra Chen TV with Ultra David, of course, who is my main commentary partner. And mm -hmm. we do a bunch of stuff on twitch.tv slash Ultra Chen TV, as well as uh, youtube.com slash Ultra Chen TV. So if, if you can't catch my Twitch stream live, I put a lot of stuff on that YouTube channel, for example. So Cool, cool, cool. Definitely. And, and folks, everyone who's listening, uh, and when this video is up, when you're watching, make sure you go and subscribe to his YouTube <laughs> channel. I'll leave links to that down below, as well as his Twitch and his uh, Twitter handle, too. Anywhere else they can find you? Or are you doing podcasts as well? Uh, I mean, so on... So the, the Tuesday show stuff that we do on Ultra Chen TV, so me and David, we always, every Tuesday evening Pacific mm -hmm. time, we do like a recap of what's been going on in the FGC for the past week. Um, that's, that's, you'll find that on the YouTube.com slash Ultra Chen TV, but 
You can also look up Ultra Chen TV on iTunes. We, we also upload the audio for the podcast. Or you can find us on SoundCloud as Ultra Chen TV as well. Okay. I, I, I do have an Instagram at Instagram.com slash jchenzer, but I've been really bad about updating it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'll try to be better about it. I'll try to be better. <laughs> no, I, I know how that is. Everyone's like, where's, where's your, your Instagram post? I'm like, yeah. uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. About <laughs> oh, that. I'll get to it. Okay. No, I, I think the, the thing is uh, when it comes to social media, there's so many outlets right now. It's really difficult, you know, especially with us being, you know, adults. Like, it's hard to keep up with every single social mm-hmm, media outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, like Snapchat? Oh, oh forget right. it. Forget it. <laughs> You're not getting – There's there will never be a Snapchat.com slash jchenzor. You know, it's just not happening. I'm sorry. I'm too old, okay? <laughs> anyway. No, I actually I, – I had Snapchat. Um, I've actually had it since it came out. I probably used it, like, two or three times. I'm like – Right. I understand this. What am I doing with Right, that? exactly. <laughs> oh man. Hey, um uh you guys are you guys should definitely get on Spotify. If anything, I'll send you the information oh, how okay. to get on it. It's super quick. It takes uh when you put your RSS feed mm-hmm. into uh the the, the oh, link and I'll send it to you. Okay. Okay. It takes three minutes, then they'll start whatever you have on iTunes, it'll start reposting. Okay, okay. I like that. That's a great idea. Okay. Spotify.com slash Ultrachan TV. There you go. Okay. Right. <laughs> coming, coming soon. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, do you mind like giving a, a brief background yourself, like how you got into uh, fighting games and, and you know, what makes you passionate about it, and how did you become like the world-famous commentator that you are? Yeah, how long do we have here? <laughs> it's up to you, brother. I mean, I've been playing fighting games since Street Fighter II World Warrior, right? So my brother was going to college. It showed up at his college arcade at UCLA. He told me all about it. We found one local to where, you know, my parents lived, and we went there, and then I just never stopped playing. <laughs> at that point, you know, I just became obsessed with Street Fighter, and it became – like, I, I just wanted to be one of the best at it. And then also, I was very scientific about it. I liked studying it. And so after a while, I liked teach. I've always just liked teaching fighting games for some reason. And so I always wanted to be an authority on things. So I started writing FAQs and stuff. And, like, you know, I have, like, the, the, the definitive systems guide for Capcom versus SNK2. You know, I have, like, the combo fact for X-Men versus Street Fighter and all these things like that. And I was just really obsessed with that. So I started doing that and then Shoryuken.com came out and then I started contributing combo videos to that and then tutorial videos, you know, teaching you how to take advantage of weird glitches and stuff. And so basically uh, I started going to this guy's garage where he played, where the, he had a gathering every Wednesday night and mm-hmm. they played fighting games there. And Alex Vai started showing up and he started teaching people. So I wanted to support Alex and show up to there. And then one of the guys started streaming over there and they were like, we need a commentator. And then Vi was like, Hey James, you're really good at explaining things. You get on the mic. And I was like, what? Uh, okay. And I jumped on there and it's, that's, it's, I've never looked back. And of course that whole thing became Wednesday night fight. So it literally started as some dude's garage and now is the crazy thing at esports arena that we see every Wednesday. So, (laughs) but but yeah, that's basically when I started commentating and, uh, you know, I just kept going from that point forward. And, uh, you know, 
you know, like I said, I've been at the scene for so long. I know a lot of the guys who run Evo. So they asked me to do the, the top eight commentary and stuff. And, you know, it just kept going from there. Awesome, man. That's phenomenal. Like, I, I follow your career for years. Oh, yeah. you, you have, you are really considered, and, you know, I consider it myself. You are the voice of not only like <laughs> Street Fighter, but the FGC as a whole. Oh, like, you, well, thank you. When you think of FGC, you, your name's right there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So, like, uh, what what has been like some of the ups and downs that you've experienced, like in your FGC journey, and also with the commentary as well? Uh, it, it, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, one of the reasons why I got into commentary is because when I heard very early commentary, I didn't mm. like it. I was like, this is terrible. Oh, I hate this <laughs> the thing about it is I, I, every time I want to talk smack about something, I want to make sure I understand what goes into it. So right. when Vi and them were like, hey, you do commentary, I was like, all right, I'll do commentary. I'll show them what's up. And I jumped on commentary. And it's hard. Like commentary <laughs> is actually really hard. You just like stand there and you're like, uh, I don't even know what to talk about. You know, and, and it really <laughs> takes a lot of practice and a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of it, when I first started doing commentary, like one of the most popular videos in the FGC out there was the infamous Yipes video, you know, with the curly mustache and all that stuff. So I was like, <laughs> okay, so it's all about catchphrases. And I tried going with catchphrases and it was terrible. I am not good at catchphrases. And, you know, eventually I just found my own niche trying to be, you know, very educational. And then at the same time, telling a, bad, a lot of bad puns. You know, <laughs> which I've done my whole entire life and whatever. That's just who I am. So whatever. That's what you're going to get. And, um, you know, and it was interesting because for the longest of time, you know, I was doing commentary. And then there was one point in time where my commentary really dipped very badly, like just even objectively from my own viewpoint, uh, really? where my knowledge started getting a little spottier and I would say things on stream that weren't actually correct, but I would talk about it like it was correct and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and I started realizing, you know, that kind of thing. And, and at one point in time, you know, I made a conscious effort. I even like publicly announced it, like I'm fixing all these things. I'm going to do better and all that stuff like that. And because mm -hmm. there was one point in time where I was getting a ton of hate, like on commentary and looking really? back on it. And, and, you know, honestly, looking back at it, I really don't blame them. And that's one of the key things, right? A lot of times you get a lot of hate and you got to kind of ignore the haters, as a lot of people say. Yeah. But you also have to squeeze the truth out of what they're saying. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that I was always wrong about things. And I was like, wow, like I always thought I was right. But then I realized I would think of things that I wasn't 100% sure and I would say it and it wasn't mm -hmm. actually. And I was like. I got to stop doing that, which is why now a lot of times when you listen to my commentary, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I think this is minus three. I'm not sure, but it's something like that. And it's definitely, mm -hmm. you know, like, I'll actually, you know, try to be a little more clear that I'm not like trying to like, here's my wrong information and I'm right, you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> you, you learn a lot as you do commentary. You know, you, you really learn about the kind of things that you want to try to avoid and and, and and there is a lot of ups and downs with commentary. Like, for example, uh, I've been working a day job for a very long time. And it was about like three years ago now that I got laid off from the job. And then I was like, let's give esports a full time shot. Right. So now mm -hmm. I'm doing this full time. And, you know, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough out here in these esports waters, man. You know, I'll tell you. Uh, but, you know, so but I'm still trying to power through it. And and again, like, for example, like, you know, from a financial standpoint, it hasn't been the most stable thing. 
But honestly, the last two years, I've been kind of lazy about it. You know, I really mm -hmm. honestly feel like I've been a la little lazy about it. And this year, like one of my resolutions of the year is I'm, I'm going full in. So like I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to, you know, be more, I'm trying to work harder. I'm trying to like do more things professionally. Like for example, like everyone used to just contact me on jchenzor at yahoo.com. You know, it's like, <laughs> but now I have like an official jchenzor at jchenzor.com, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like I'm just trying to do everything more professionally and I'm trying to make sure that I really give it my full shot before, before, you know, I potentially might have to go back to the day job. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of ups and downs, but again, it's just like fighting games. It's just like playing fighting games, right? When, when you have the downs, it's so easy to blame the game. It's so easy to blame the opponent's character. It's so easy to just be like, oh no, this character's cheap or your play style's cheap or whatever like that. But the key to getting good at fighting games is you always have to know it's your fault. Right. Yeah. It's your fault. You're the one that needs to fix. And so if I haven't been as successful as I as I would like to be, it's mm -hmm. nobody's fault. It's my fault. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna take care of that. So that's what I'm planning to do this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So awesome, man. Awesome. Man. You know, like you've done I, I I'm actually shocked to hear that coming from you, man. Like in the sense of <laughs> like feeling like you need to improve. I'm over here like, man, you're at the top of your craft already. Like, <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that that's one of the keys too, right? Never, ever, ever feel like you're you you don't have room to improve. Yeah. You know, you always gotta keep working. You always gotta keep hustling. So, and and I'm look, I'm a lazy mofo. Okay, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how much what language restrictions you have on the podcast. No, you can say whatever you want to say. Lazy motherfucker. Okay, tell you that right now. Oh, I just, I need to fix that. So I need to fix that. And it's, it, there's a lot of things that you have to look at yourself internally. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to be better this year for sure. So, <laughs> you know, and that's the one thing too, like, you know, going full in, you know, with either esports or just content creation as a whole, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do my day job, but I just want to do this and it's going to be easy and fun. I don't think people realize if you make this full time, this is work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you probably know as well as I do, editing video is not fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, like, okay, let, let me give you a, a perfect example for this, right? Maximilian, okay. you know Maximilian, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. that guy works so hard. And, like, people think he's just coming on and streaming and yelling a bunch and he gets all these donations and stuff. And, oh, but, no, dude. <laughs> That guy works so I can't even describe you that guy's worth work ethic. He works like hundred hour weeks just editing and uploading and just promotion and do like he deserves everything he gets because he works so hard. And a lot of people don't they think we're just you know a lot everyone's just like let me do a podcast, oh, upload it to YouTube. You know, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's not. <laughs> No, like yeah. I, I've had people tell me they're like, oh, you know, editing videos is easy. I can edit a whole full feature video in like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Like exactly. a 10 minute right. video could take a couple hours, if yeah. not 10. Yeah, yeah. Just just wait the two hours for it to render, and then you see the one mistake that you made, and you're like, damn it, I need to re-render the whole damn thing again. <laughs> and then you upload it to YouTube. That takes like an hour. Oh, God. Yeah, anyways. Anyways, we're not here to complain about editing. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole different yeah, podcast. Right. 
my God. Oh, man. So, like, what has it been like for you, you know, you've been able to work with Capcom, with, you know, all the different various companies and, and you know, go around the world. Like, what is that like? Like, how did that come to be? Like, it's how so, does it feel? It's so surreal, man. Like, I can actually say I've been to Kuwait, right? Like, I like who would have ever thought when you're growing up you would ever go to Kuwait, right? I've been right? to Kuwait. I've been to France. I've been to Puerto Rico. You know, I've been all over the United States. I've been to Japan now. In fact, Evil Japan last year was the first time I'd ever been to Japan, crazy enough. And Whoa. it's all because of video games. Like, that's the weirdest <laughs> thing, right? And, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I talked about the finances and, hey, my cat's coming into the shot here. But um, hey. I talked about finances and all that stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful because I'm still grateful for everything that I've had these opportunities for because without video games, I wouldn't have been able to do half of this stuff. And so, you know, it's it's been amazing. It's been awesome. And it's one of the reasons why I keep doing this because it's just like, you know, one, it's cool because I love spreading the gospel of fighting games to everybody as much as I can. My goal is to get everybody to play fighting games, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's like, just like Tokido said, fighting games are something so great and they, and they really are. And, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, like the fact that, you know, at my age, even though I'm an old man, but still a lot of people don't get to travel until they're like over 25, which you done. Right. Exactly. Not a day over 25. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people don't get a chance to travel until they retire. They're 60 or 70. And, you yeah. know, but like the fact that I've been able to, to see all these places like that has been surreal, you know, like, like, for example, like this is just like a really weird anecdote, but on the plane one time I was watching the latest Mission Impossible movie mm -hmm. and there's a scene that takes place in France and he's riding the motorcycle around the Arc de Triomphe, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw that scene and I was like, I've been there. And it's like <laughs> the weirdest feeling because like you normally you see these things in movies and you're like, oh, that's that exotic location. But like I literally just walked up to the Arc de Triomphe at one point and I was like, I was like I've, I've been there and it's like weird. <laughs> At the same time, it's really cool. And, and not only that, too, but when you get to see and meet people in all the different scenes, like mm. like going to Kuwait, right? You would like, you know, obviously everyone's going to think, oh, what's there? Camels, deserts, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But like go there and like the, the video game fandom over there, the cosplay fandom over there, like they are so into cosplay. And like they had a contest and they – act out all of their stuff like the guy dressed as joker like he comes out and they, he brings like a prop chair and he sits in the chair and their contest is like all of them performing and like you know you think like oh everyone must be covered up and like no they're just dressed like the characters it's whatever you know like wow. it's so modern over there in kuwait and like it's awesome that i get to meet and see all the people and see what it's really like in a lot of these different places it's very eye-opening and mm -hmm. i'll tell you this much geek culture is geek culture it doesn't matter where you go <laughs> geek culture is geek culture and it's actually really cool to see that kind of thing so definitely man yeah. definitely. you know it's like um at my job my, my day job because eventually towards the end of this year i'm actually going to go full-time with podcasting oh, okay, nice. okay i'm terrified i'm so <laughs> terrified <laughs> scary trust me so I'm not, I'm not here oh yeah i've gone full-time into esports this has been awful man it's been terrible. <laughs> and you're like oh my god <laughs> But uh, like uh, one one of the people, because I work for a hospital, and uh, one of the the, the ladies that uh, 
in the, the call center that I work for, I work with, uh, she came up to me. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, my son, he's really into video games. And he plays, like, online competitively, and, and he wants to, to go full-time with it. I'm like, hey, that's cool. There's a market for it. She's like, that's video games. There's no future in that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> come on, now. I'm like, if, if you're saying that in this day and age, you you can make a career out of anything now. It's and, interesting because it's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy, right? Because obviously yeah. – like the video game industry is huge. If you're in the market for making video games and stuff like that, you can make a you can make a decent living out of that. Now, obviously, there's all the stories of EA and everybody who are working yeah. like hundred hour weeks and like they barely see their spouses and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely ups and downs. There's even on the esports side. You know, one of the concerns I have is I'm always worried about esports bubble. You know, like because it feels like that sometimes, right? Because like mm-hmm. you know, I think it was Heroes of the Storm recently. Blizzard just like pulled. Yeah. that whole and like all these players who play that game all of a sudden it's like whoop take it out, out from under you so like there's a there's a little concern there but you know the thing is i know eventually video games will get to that point where esports is very sustainable and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i think i think you know it's a slow and steady growth slow and steady always wins the race and i think a lot of people are pushing too hard like they're like oh my god this is the big thing now and it's like not yet right. <laughs> like Pull your roll a little bit, you know, kind of, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll get there eventually, but I think it'll take some time and I'd rather build it up that way anyway, because then we have a stronger foundation at our feet mm-hmm. as opposed to, as opposed to relying on venture capitalists and stuff like that. So, you know, you can make money in video games and even playing video games. It's hard because yeah. obviously it's just like any other sport. It's really like you're Jordan or you're not, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? so it's like that kind of situation, but you know, it's, it's getting there. And the, and the nice thing about the growth is eventually, you know, every part of it, streaming TOs, you know, creating artwork, creating, uh, you know, sh- you know, weekly shows about it, analysts, coaches, you know, players, uh, cameramen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who are, you know, filming stuff like uh, Tempest Rob is like one of the most famous uh, esports photographers right now you know every mm-hmm. aspect of it will create careers for people so that the talent that they have can be applied to video games you mm-hmm. know so that's like one of the cool things about it like there's one person i know uh who goes by the name of caitlin mcgee she's really mm-hmm. into like uh physical therapy and like making sure you don't hurt your back while you sit and she's gotten really involved in the smash community so she's a physical therapist and she's found a way to get it you know, with video games and stuff like that. It's just, it's cool to see that kind of thing. That that makes me happy when I see people get those kind of opportunities and stuff for uh, for for being in the fighting game community, for playing video games. I, I could go on and on because there's like seven or eight stories that I can talk about that stuff. And it's- Up it's, to you, man. <laughs> it's up to you. You know, I mean, uh, so for example, uh, Ringe, he's a commentator here in SoCal, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's best commentators we have in socal right now uh done a lot of dragon ball fighters work is that wednesday night fights all the time he's been a big njpw fan his entire life right wow. and at ceo you know how jabali had the big uh njpw crossover thing yeah ringe got to commentate that so he commentated that with uh golden boy and uh and with logan from the uk and you know i talked to ringe about it and he was like i never thought 
you know, and like you could see he was tearing up as he was talking about it because yeah. he got to commentate an NJPW match because of video games, you know, and that's, <laughs> like stories like that are just like fantastic. They like, they make me emotional. Like I get teary eyed just like talking <laughs> about it. So it makes me super happy. And like, that's the cool thing is like to have, you know, your, like even like L.I. Joe, right? He's been mm -hmm. touring with the band Vane recently. He's just like the hype guy running around on stage and everything like that. And it was because he went to one of their concerts and the guy selling t-shirts was like, you're L.I. Joe, the band loves you. And he was like, what? And like, you have to meet him. And they he just dragged Joe to go meet the band. And now he travels with them and like goes to their concerts and just jumps on stage and like gets to dive into the audience and stuff. Like, it's crazy. Like the oh, kind yeah. of thing that MGC has allowed people to get to. And like, that's the kind of thing that makes me happy about it. So that, cause like to see the kind of opportunities that being in this, you know, being in this uh, <laughs> hobby, you know, award <laughs> people with. I think that's super cool. So, I mean, this is really impressive. Like, you know, you're saying about the, the your friend that does like the physical therapy and all that. Like, yeah. that's important. I don't think people realize that when you're holding yeah. a controller or you're using a fight stick, like the the placement in your hands, like it, it's it needs it needs support. Yeah. So, like that right there, that's that's critical. And to to come up with that concept. Yeah, is ingenious. Yeah, kind of like as a, as a side comment, like there's a player named uh, Squall, BXA Squall, uh, mm -hmm. Julian. He's very, very good. And he studied college and he studied physical therapy. And he was and he talked to me one time because, you know, he was just graduating from college. He was like, what should I do, James? Should I continue this or should I try esports? Because I'm really good and everything like that. And I was like, you know what? Try the esports, but keep in mind the physical therapy in the context of esports, because in the end, you could take your your you know what you studied in college and your hobby and turn it into one thing as well, you know. And so, like, it's very possible to do. And so, that's that's a key thing. If if it's something that you want to do, you want to get to the fighting community and you want to help. Uh, there's tons of ways to do it. It doesn't have to be directly for the video game. You know what I mean? There's so many ways to do that, like the physical therapy thing, like like just being an artist and, and starting to create artwork for, or for example, uh, being a video editor, like the guy who uh, edits, edits the intros for Evo, he's, he's like an Emmy award winning video editor, you know, and he just got involved oh. one time. And, you know, it's just anything that you're, you specialize in, if you could think of a good way to incorporate it into the FGC, you know, by all means do it. David, my commentary partner, he's a lawyer and there hasn't been a lot of esports law or a lot of precedent for that. And so mm -hmm. he just basically went into esports law. So now he's dpgatlaw.com and like he can help you if you need contracts or if you need to figure out how to like. So he's like, he's got to make up a lot of how things work in the, in the, in the esports world and, you know. Mm -hmm. Whatever your career is, you you know, try to put it into the video games, and, and that and that is probably one of the best ways to turn that hobby into your career. You know, what I yeah. mean, tie it into your your vocation essentially. So, awesome, man, awesome. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal. <laughs> and um, I, I know you said earlier that you're a video game historian as well, man. Let's talk about that. Like, how did you? Like, what draws you to that? And makes you passionate about it? It's uh, I. Like I said, I'm an old man. Okay, I'm an old man. I mean, I'm not a day over 25. I'm not a day over 25. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I've been playing fight. I've been playing video games since the beginning, right? So, like for me, 
I, I grew up on video games, you know, uh, I've been playing like the first video game I ever played was a game called Starhawk. Like, look mm -hmm. it up. You can't even die in the game. It's like a vector right. graphics game. It's like super old. You're like, it's not the new Starhawk. There's a new Starhawk. No, nah, not that one. It's like <laughs> one from like 1978 or nine or something like that. Like, you know, like, I've been playing video games my whole life. And honestly, video games, they mean that much to me. And mm -hmm. so when I ran into fighting games, it just was kind of like a natural progression of that hobby. And so now I've been playing fighting games since the original Street Fighter 2. And, you know, because I'm a scientist at heart and I love studying games and stuff like that. And my memory is particularly weird that I remember random things that like people shouldn't be remembering, mm -hmm. you know. So, I had that like, problem too, so I know. Don't feel yeah. <laughs> As a result, I remember a lot of things about what I've gone through as a fighting game player since the original World Warrior. Mm -hmm. You know, so I like to talk about, you know, all the stuff that was going on back then, you know, like like people like to ask me, how was the FTC back then? And I'm like, what do you mean? There was no FTC back then. You know, like, <laughs> let me tell you how it was, you know, like <laughs> fascinating to talk about it and it's to me it's also important to kind of maintain that information so people have the proper perspective about things you know like mm -hmm. uh, like you know a lot of people like to talk about the glory of the arcades you know and i grew up in it and where there's a lot of wonderful things about the arcade we're still in a better place now than we yeah. were back then. You know what I mean? You know, just in terms of the information that we have, a lot of people are like, you know what? I learned fighting games in the fire and the pits, you know, like, why do you <laughs> want me to hold your hand? It's like, no, whatever, dude. Like, let's get people good faster, okay? Like, they don't need to learn in those pits of fire and, and, and hell <laughs> and stuff. Let's give them all the content to make them good now so they can start enjoying it now. Like, we took us 10 years, right? Like, to get to these levels. Let's get people there in 10 weeks, you know, 10 months. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> it's better that way. It's It's just overall better. So, you know, like a lot of things about, you know, that's kind of keeping things in perspective. Even mm -hmm. like when Evo first started in 2002, the very first Evo, which was in Los Angeles, I took it upon myself to buy a digital camera and take as many pictures as I could. And then a couple of years later, I bought a video camera and I started just filming as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And to this day, every time anything comes up, like there's that one uh, Street Fighter book that came out by Steve Hendershot, uh, yeah. right? That just came out. And if you look at the photos of like Southern Hills Golfland, those are my photos. Like my, my, they're credited to me because I'm one of the only guys who took the time to take all these pictures because to me, it was so important to preserve that kind of history. Mm -hmm. And so uh, on my Flickr, actually, I have a flickr.com slash jchenzor. I have so many old pictures from, B, from Evo 2002, from 2003 and all that stuff like that. And honestly, that's like the only photos of like those events that are out there right now because it's the time to preserve them and stuff like that. There obviously some other people have some, but I made sure that I never lost them. I had them backed up a million times, you know, and <laughs> I, sure I kept those photos and everything. And so for me, it was just really important to maintain a lot of that stuff because I think that information is so important. And, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I, I consider myself a historian 
because I've tried to remember all these things and I've tried to preserve all this information and stuff like that. So, cause it is so important to me. It's very important to me to have all that stuff to, to know where we came from, to know our history and everything. Yeah. Like that. I think it's, it's super important. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you spoke on like how like. You, you oh, by got... the way, I, I do want to mention that you know, I, obviously, I wasn't the first person to videotape things at B5. Before there was the Seth cam and all mm -hmm. these things like that. So obviously, I'm not the only person. The first, I don't want to make it sound like, oh God, thanks. I am the sole preserver. Of <laughs> like but you know, it's it's one of uh, it's one of the things that I focused on, and you know, I'm always happy that I've done. Obviously, there's a lot of other people that have done a lot of stuff as well. So I don't want I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm discrediting anybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I'm I'm glad you you know you you talked about like what it was like with the transition of how it took us like because I you know I'm like yeah I grew up in the arcades I remember mm -hmm. when Street Fighter Two came out I was there with my brothers and mm -hmm. we go to the arcade every other day after school <laughs> and I remember that you know that was a different time than now. Oh, we, yeah. we didn't have the FAQs. Like we didn't figuring out how to do a Hadouken or all that. If it wasn't on like the title card, you figured it out by trial and error. Whereas yeah. nowadays you can just Google it or go on, you know, uh, game facts <laughs> or, or anything like you can buy a guy, you can find out this stuff easily right. on YouTube. But back yeah. then, I mean, it didn't a, have that. <laughs> it took us a couple of weeks to even figure out how to throw a sonic boom. Right, you could throw a spot of boom at the beginning of the round because you could charge before round one during round one fights. So right, round one fight, sonic boom, and then you would never be able to throw it again. Right. <laughs> you didn't understand the concept of it, you know, it was like crazy. Oh, man. This is crazy. Like, you, you think about like the transition of like, I remember like the 80s, it was all about like the beat side scrolling beat em ups in arcades. You had your double dragons, you had your uh. Your final fights, your River City ransoms, and then we yeah. transitioned over to. Oh yeah, I, I gotta give a shout out to Bad Dudes because that was a good oh, one. Okay. Back <laughs> so you, then, mentioned, you mentioned River City Ransom, which is, <laughs> I know you're old school. You know that game, was, that game was amazing. By the way, I love that game. So oh, man, God. This is culture, like, dude. Anyways, continue, continue. Right, right. Like it went from that, and then it transitioned over to when Street Fighter Two came out. It changed the landscape. Oh yeah. And, and to be around and to see that transition, I'm like, whoa. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's, it's. I don't think we've had anything quite like that since um, Virtua Fighter One, and and you can tell my age now. I remember when Tekken was called was it Brave War. <laughs> Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if I knew about that. <laughs> what was it called, you said? Brave War. Brave War. Whoa. Oh, uh, ra yeah, Rave War. That's, oh, rave that was, War. Yeah, and then it quickly just went to Tekken. I remember. Okay. okay. I remember those dang. days. Crazy. That's, that's even like trivia I didn't even know about. That's <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Okay, cool. I'm going to call you the FGC historian now. So, you know, you just discredited me. I see how it is. I'm leaving. No, I'm kidding. No, but, you know, it, it, it's just it's something like, see, I don't know what the next big thing is when it comes mm -hmm. to, like, the FGC or with gaming. I know the current thing now is the the shooter. You had you got your Fortnite, your PUBGs. And I think that new title, um, can't think of the name, but it just dropped. Like, Apex, right? Yeah, Apex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's crazy about that? And it's like, I like the fact that gaming now versus back then is super inclusive. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's getting better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of like ethnicity and, 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 and gender and stuff like that, you know, this is something I talk about a lot and it's a subject that's very important to me, you know. We can dive into it. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest things about the FTC is that we are super diverse when it comes to ethnicity. You know, like it's just you don't see this in a lot of other esports. It's like mm -hmm. the perfect mixture between, you know, uh, you know, black players, Asian players, you know, Caucasian players, white players, uh, Latin American players, you know, everything. It's like everywhere you go, people are playing fighting games of all of all walks of life. And it's fantastic. I, I love that. Now, at the same time, you know, when it comes to gender inclusivity, obviously gaming as a whole has a problem with that. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'd like to try to fix that in the fighting game community, not just because, you know, like it's because I'm a part of it and I feel like I can help try to influence people. So, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff. You know, uh, Persia has been starting a bunch of things. She just started the XO Academy, uh, mm -hmm. which is trying to support women in the FTC and in video gamings. And so I immediately went to her. I was like, how can I help? And now I'm like volunteered as one of the coaches in that thing, you know, and so like, you know, we still have a long way to go, but at the same time, I still do think that the FGC is in a is still in a better place than a lot of other places because of the ethnic, you know, acceptance. And you know, we had we have players like Ricky Ortiz now. While she does still get some, you know, hate from you know a lot of the more harsh bigots out there and everything mm -hmm. like that, but you know, there's a lot of people out there that you know, you know fully accept, you know, Ricky into the scene and root for her. And, you know, she got second place at Capcom Cup in 2016 and everything like that. So, you know, there's still, you know, we're still ahead of the curve, but the, that the curve is still pretty far behind. So we yeah. got to, we still have a long way to go. So, yeah. But. What, what do you think, like, there's been this issue when it comes to, like, you know, diversity and inclusion within gaming? Is it because it's been tailored more so towards men or... Like, what, what do you think that is? I, I haven't been able to figure it out. It's a weird one because when video games first came out, you know, Pong and all that stuff like that, they were played in bars and everything, and men and women kind of played them equally and stuff. Actually, if you look at it, a lot of the original programmers for old video games, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of women programmers for those yeah. games and stuff like that. But it's just at some point in time, you know, marketing, you know, age men, age 18 to 30 or whatever it is, is always the core market. And so you start gearing stuff towards them. And then eventually all the games, you know, it's like, oh, here's this game with this, you know, girl in a bikini. Oh, here's Laura Croft, you know, and here's mm -hmm. you like that. You just, you kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? You're like, uh, oh, boys buy this game so let's make games for boys but you're just kind of ignoring an entire market out there and stuff yeah. you know and there are a lot of women who do want to play video games but you know the, the way that i always make the comparison uh, i like to make the comparison to tennis because mm -hmm. i think fighting games are very similar to tennis because it's one-on-one -on -one, you know you travel all the world there's the majors there's the premieres etc 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 but like you know, Billie Jean King did a really great job in creating the WTA and stuff. And now after year, decades of the WTA being in existence, like women tennis is not considered weird, right? Like Serena mm -hmm. Williams might be one of the greatest athletes of all time, uh, you know, yeah. like you just, and nobody questions it. Nobody's like, well, for a girl, like no one says that, you know, about tennis. And, you know, that just kind of shows that if you build it so that it's inclusive to them. In fact, the U.S. Open, like maybe 
eight years ago or nine years ago the, was the first year in, in tennis that the, the Grand Slam for the women's gave the same prize money as the men's. And I think it just kind of kept going from there. And, you know, as soon as you make it that kind of environment, you know, plenty of women are going to play. So a lot of people who argue that, oh, women just don't like video games. Women's just aren't competitive and everything like that. It's just not true. It's just the, 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 the environment is not built for them. And it's very, and I know a lot of people argue against me about this. They, they don't think I, I, you know, they don't, they think I'm wrong about this, but you know, it, it is harder to be a girl playing video games because you do get a lot of hardships that a lot of other people don't get, you know, I've always explained it. Like if you sit down at a tournament, if you sit down at uh, like your weekly and this dude you've never seen before sits down next to you, you're like, dang, who is this guy? How good is he? Uh, let me play my character. I'm just going to try to beat him up and see how bad. If you see a girl sitting next to you, you're like, oh, it's a girl. Oh, let me play my secondary character. I'll go easy on her, right? Like, you've already messed it up. You know what I mean? Like, weirdly yeah. enough, I say the best way to make a, a, a girl feel included in the FTC is just to beat her down in the game as fast as possible. Treat her like everybody else. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, don't don't be like, oh, I'm going to go easy on you or I'm going to try to be friendly and nice to you because you're, you know what I mean? It's just like, just treat them like anybody else that's in the scene. And that's like one of the important things. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again. But, you know, like I said, it's hard to convince a lot of people out there that this is the situation because at the same time, when you tell somebody that, it feels like you're attacking them right? Like, it feels like you're going like, you're a jerk because you're a misogynist, right? And they're like, I'm not a misogynist. Like, you're like, games, girls just don't like, you know, look, I was the same way. When I was in junior high, I used to make lots of like homophobic jokes and everything like that. When I first started playing video games, I made plenty of jokes about women playing video games. You know, I, I think it was like an evil 2010 before commentary was a real thing. A girl was playing on stream and while I was commentating it, I made a terrible joke that probably nobody even remembers except me because mm -hmm. years later, I have never, I've always regretted saying it. Like, I was just like, I should have never said that, you know? And so, you know, we've all been there. And just by telling you these things is not a virtue of me saying you're a bad person, you're a misogynist. It's just that, you know, we're all doing it subconsciously and we can all do better, you know, and we just have to be aware of it. I'm not trying to attack anybody, but that's, it just feels that way a lot of the time, you know, and it's, it's a weird situation. And so as a result, I just feel like it's, it's less comfortable for women to get in there because then you don't know if they are true fans and you don't test anybody else, but for women, you have to like give them the nerd test and all that, you know, it's, it's such a weird kind of situation. But again, I don't think there's anything vicious about it. I don't think anyone's being intentionally malicious. Right. I, I've always called it the magical unicorn kind of syndrome, where if you're walking in a forest and you see a unicorn walk in front of you and it's glowing, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You're going to walk up and touch it because you want to know if it's real or not, or if you're just like on some drugs or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's not malicious. It's not like, oh, this horse is totally fake. It doesn't exist. Right. So when you when, like guys have wanted girls to play video games for a long time and then when they see one. They just want to know if it's true or not you know, in, in, in a way. So like they all of a sudden accidentally do this thing where they're like, oh, do you, how true of a nerd are you? You know, and it's not malicious, but in it's it's not intentionally malicious, but it's at the at its core. It is 
malicious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. just bringing awareness to it, I feel like, is is kind of one of the key things to changing it. So that's yeah. it's why I talk about it a lot. So I, I apologize if I go on this tangent, but it's no, like I said, this is a this is a topic oh, that I, that's very important going. to me. So. <laughs> no, dude, all yeah. organic conversations is the direction <laughs> we're going. Because this is actually one of the questions I want to talk about. Oh, this, okay, okay. I, I see it a lot, and it's like I know – I personally know a lot of women that do game. They grew up playing mm -hmm. games, and it's like you, you have to look at it. It's also not only a video game thing. It's a societal issue, too. <laughs> you know, this whole thing that we, we, we push this narrative that, you know, if there's a girl, they only have to do, you know, play with Barbies or boys. I know, you know, growing up, you know, 80s, 90s, it was G.I. Joe's, Transformers, mm -hmm. you, you know, pushing yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and it's like there are some girls that i know that are, that are streamers like my wife she's actually a streamer oh, nice. awesome. she's one of the top uh twitch streamers in hawaii and Dang. you know one of the things like when i met her i i kind of like a part of me was like wait you you you, you play video games i, right. I had the mentality i was like really and she's like yeah, yeah. you know she's like oh you want to see my collection and i went over and i saw her apartment and i saw it she had like uh, Ghosts and Goblins, like she played that, she tried to beat it. Uh, had Double Dragon, she yeah. had Killer Instinct, she had all the classics. And I'm like, wait, you don't ever talk about this. She's like, I just never felt the need to. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Or, or you get, you'll get the women that are like, oh, but if I talk about it, then I get the shit test from guys. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, and it's like that does need to stop. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's, like I said, that's awareness. And, you know, it's not meant as an attack on anybody who accidentally does it. You know, it's very unintentional. It's very subconscious. But, you know, bringing awareness to it hopefully just makes like when I see girls at tournaments now, you know, I always ask, what game are you playing? Who do you use? As opposed to, who are you here with? You know, like, <laughs> like, which player is your boyfriend? You know, like, you know, it's just like these things you just, you know, you have to realize you got to be more aware of and stuff mm -hmm. you know it's it's it, it's uh, like i said if i ever asked like oh who are you here with it was never meant to be an in, in insult like i'm not like you can't play fighting games it's just it's a subconscious cultural society thing burned into my brain from yeah. years and years and years of of, of being fed that that rule yeah. and then you just have to be aware of it break that rule and understand that the world is not how you thought it was you know yeah. uh, i mean perfect example is that you know you know, I talk to my grandparents and some of the stuff that they tell you about like boys and girls and, you know, sexual relations and all these things like that, you can tell still came from that DNA where it just didn't make any sense at mm. all because it was to discourage girls from sleeping around and stuff like that, you know? So they would just tell all these lies. And, you know, every time you're in your age, you don't want to believe that your society has been feeding you lies because you hear all these old things. You're like, oh, that's old fashioned. I know what's up now, but in all honesty, you're being fed as much old fashioned, like misinformed stuff now that a hundred years later from now, people will look back and be like, what the hell are these like, <laughs> like these old people thinking, you know, like I like the, 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 the harmless examples that I always bring up. Right. For example, is like everyone thinks cats like cats right here, like milk. Right. And that's because of Tom and Jerry, because Tom always tried to get milk and cats are lactose intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. Feed cats milk. Right. Mice, you know, liking cheese. Right. Why do mice like cheese? Because of Tom and Jerry. 
And uh, in fact, you can catch mice with peanut butter better than you can with cheese, right? They like yep. peanut butter more. Rabbits eat carrots. That's a Bugs Bunny thing because he eat, eats carrots to imitate Clark Gable from the movie. It happened one night because he was sitting there eating a carrot while standing on the side of the road. So they just wanted him to have that suave personality. And now cat, now rabbits all love carrots. You know, like all these things that we believe in aren't necessarily true. And when it's something harmless like that, you're like, that's cool. But when someone questions your like, oh, women can play video games, they like video games. And then you're all, and then there's just something about that that makes people not want to just be like, oh, that's cool, okay. But they're like, no, you know, they're, they're leave my thing the way it is, you know. Like it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing about the way the brain works. But you know, that's that's just how it is. So, and it, it, it's true, man. It's true. It's like, like I like what you said earlier. Like, don't. And and I look at it like this. Like when I go in and compete, or if I play with other girls, I don't treat them any different than I would treat mm -hmm. a guy gamer. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. when we stop trying to, you know, like having that preconceived notion, we right. got to treat them differently. Oh, we got to treat them delicately. No. Yeah. They pick up the sticks, <laughs> treat them the same as you would anyone else. Look, I'm probably one of the top, and I'm not, okay, fine, it's area. I'm one of the top Cody players in Hawaii. All right. So All if right. I play against a girl that uses Cody, I'm like, no. This one, is better. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you right. yeah. so. I mean, it was it was very educational for me because uh, one of my ex girlfriends would come to like Wednesday night fights and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And she brought her own joystick. She would enter, you know, like Blaze Blue, or she would enter Persona and play. Ooh. She brought her own joystick and she modded the joystick herself. It was one of the small joysticks. She put in her own sandwich buttons and a nice joystick and everything like that. And she was standing there waiting to play and uh, there was another person in the arcade and like saw her and was like, oh, do you know how to use that? And she was like, I modded the controller myself. I put the buttons in there and he was like, this is light punch. This is medium punch. This is like, and then you hear about that and you're just like, God, Damn it, you know, and then you just kind of get that realization of how different it is, you know, and it was it was a really big eye opener for me. And so, you know, I, I've, I've kind of vowed to make sure that 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 shit doesn't keep happening. You know, I want to I want to yeah. change that as much as I can. So See, and, and that that is the shit that needs to stop it. You know, anyone who's listening, if, if you're watching, if this is something that you engage on, like just, just stop. Think, how <laughs> would you like it if someone did that to you. And, and this right. applies not only to, to video games, but to anything, mm -hmm. anime, any type of fandom, any type of sport, it doesn't matter. Treat yep. people equally. Like yep. if, if, if we have a society that is progressing, there are some things we should hold on. And one of the old things that I think we should hold on is treat people equally. Right. And, and like, <laughs> if a dude comes to your house and you start watching basketball, you don't look at the dude and go, so that guy's playing the power forward. Their position is usually played deep in the paint, and they put right. like they don't. You don't do that to people, right? Like you, you just assume they like. And then you know, like for video games, it's got to be the same thing. If a girl's there at a fighting game tournament, you know, just assume they're there to play like everybody else. And if they're not, then talk to them about it. But like you would anybody else, you know what I mean? Just don't yeah. be like, don't be like, like oh, who, which game do you play? Oh, I'm just here to support my boyfriend. And don't be like, oh well. Of course you are, duh. You know, like oh, well, you know, like don't be like that, right? So, because I know dudes who are there to support their girlfriends in 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 fighting game tournaments. You know, that happens yeah. too. So, 
you know, just treat them like anybody else. And that that's the key right there, honestly. And, you know, also not only uh, on that, but like what, what are your thoughts or, or do you feel that there is toxicity like within not just gaming, but within the FGC as a whole? And if so, like how do we combat it? Well, uh, the toxicity exists largely, like I said, from on a gender spectrum. That's probably the biggest area of toxicity that the FGC has to work on. Mm-hmm. And we're all still working on that. But like you said, this is not an excuse, by the way. But like like all gaming communities are like this. In fact, most communities of anything is kind of like this, right? Like you go to any geek space and there's just it's it's just kind of uh it's like toxic for a lot of women like the gamergate stuff that just happened right mm-hmm. is a perfect example of that now having said that you know that doesn't mean i'm gonna sit by idly and just be like oh well then if everything's like that then who cares if the fighting game is like that you know like no 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 i'm part of the fighting game community i want to make my space better so i'm gonna work on that so i'm gonna do what i can there and so the toxicity does exist. But like I said, one of the hardest things about it, I was even having a conversation with someone on Facebook about, you know, the concept of toxic masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people hear that phrase and they interpret it as, you know, men behaving toxically, like men being bad. And that's not what toxic masculinity is. It's a concept, right? Just like the toxicity in the fighting game community towards women, it's not people being mean to women. It's just this concept that's buried in inherently in our culture that we don't mean to there's nothing like there's very few things that people are intentionally doing to be jerks like if you're being toxic intentionally that's not toxic masculinity that's you're an asshole right like that's just all it is right Right. but like you know the toxicity towards women in the fighting game community isn't so much that men are being complete like obviously there are bad situations you know like in the smashing we've had reports of sexual assault here and there even in obviously in the fgc with a very prominent player recently right yeah. so you know a lot of things like that obviously it happens and everything but you know it's it for the most part to fix a lot of those things is to fix the overall you know toxicity towards women in the scene you know and 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 like i said most of it that we that we can fix is the subconscious one, right? So the ones, so when the people are actually being abusive or the people out there are actually being terrible people, like that's gonna be hard to fix. But the the key is whenever the woman reports it, you know, it's so easy, you see it happen all the time in the scenes where it's like the guy is like, well, she's just crazy. And everyone's like, yeah, she's crazy, you're the best, you know? And they don't believe her anymore and kind of things like that. It's, It's easy to forgive and, a lot of women don't talk about it because no one believes them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And if we can fix a lot of the subconscious problems, and that's part of the subconscious problems, you know, you know, uh, a lot of people go, I've, I've done it in the past as well. You know, you hear your favorite athlete did something terrible and you're like, I don't want to believe that this person did that, you know, and it's just like everybody does it. And it's like I said, it's not. I'm not saying that people are malicious. I'm not saying people are terrible people. It's 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 human nature. It's subconscious. It's hard to get away from stuff that you've been programmed to believe for years and years. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if it makes a subconscious part of it, you know, then when the sexual assault, you know, when someone does get called out for sexual assault, we'll believe the the, the girl more 
readily. You know, the scene will be the more, they'll take her more seriously. That'll allow more women to call people out. That will solve the, 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 the asshole people that we can't fix. You know what I mean? Like yeah. then, then they can get removed from the community or banned and stuff like that. And so, you know, we have to work on the subconscious level first, and then we can start getting to that side of things. Because right now the biggest problem is things like this happen all the time, but women just can't talk about it because it's, yeah. It's 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 an uphill battle from the start, and it's yeah. it's an unfortunate. And for a lot of women, it's better. It, it might even be sadly better if they don't say anything, because then they don't get doxed, they don't get you know attacked, and they don't have to move or you know stuff yeah. like that. So it's it's a it's a weird situation. So that's that's why I bring up a lot of the subconscious things because I feel like at, that's kind of at the root of the problem. If we can fix that, it'll we can get to the bigger problems at that point. So, yeah. you know, and that's one of the things too. And, you know, I want the audience to know, like, we're not saying, this is not an attack on guys. This is not at all. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, to be fair too, the toxic masculinity or the toxicity towards women can be pervaded by women as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, like I said, toxic masculinity is not men being toxic. You know, that's, that's not what it's about. It's a, it's a concept. It's a concept that, you know, what a man is supposed to be is toxic. You know what I mean? Like the idea is toxic. It's, no one is actually being vile or, you know, like intent. Most of it is not that. Obviously there are some people who are vile. And like I said, that's not toxicity. That's just them being assholes. And yeah. that's a whole different problem. But, you know, but yeah, it's, it's men are, I'm not saying men are bad. I'm not saying women are like, you, we protect women, you know, like I, I'm, dude, I just said, if you play a girl in a fighting game, just like beat her up as bad as as you can in the game, obviously. I mean, I don't want yeah. that to be like clipped and all of a sudden like, people are like <laughs> oh my God, look what James said, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's not about protecting them. It's about just treating them fairly. And that's just all it is. Right. So th that's all it comes down to. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate you you going into depth on that because I, I think with the, the well, you know, I'm just gonna say I think with the whole the, the the topic of toxic masculinity, it's been misconstrued so much. I think a lot of people are are confused about it. Some people take it personally. Some people don't understand what it is. And with society now, with social media, we have instant access. I mean, you can look up anything you want on a phone <laughs> yeah. at your fingertips, but the problem is there's so much misinformation mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it confuses a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the whole, like the Gillette thing, I think a lot of people yeah, feel yeah, yeah, yeah. some kind of way about that. And it's like, you could take that as, Hey, there's some things that men do. Yeah. You kind of need to stop. That's not, that's not cool. Right. Then uh -huh. Some people are taking it like, Oh, that's an attack on men. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's the hardest part too. And and if you already are leaning in a certain way, like if you hear toxic masculinity and feel a little bit attacked, you own, and you're starting to lean this way, you just have to hear someone say something over here and it'll just draw you in over there. And now all of a sudden that miss that person's misinformation has now affected your opinion on the whole situation. And, you know, uh, I mean, you know, without getting too political about it, but obviously we're seeing a lot of that just nowadays in our country, right? With the government, yeah. it's like, we can't 
like everything is either all the way left or all the way right. Like there's no like gray area anymore these days. And it's, it, like, it's so hard be like, like go for me, I'm a centrist. Like I can sit uh, in the middle, I can hear stuff from people on the right, people on the left. And I'm like, let me think about it. Right. I see your point. I see your point. How about we do this? It's so hard sitting in the middle because it's like, on both sides, I get it from like, yeah. especially like with voice actors I've had on, they're 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 left. Right. I've got friends that I do political commentators that are left and right. Right, and it's like I feel like I'm tugged in both directions if I don't agree with one or the other. And I'm like, look, I'm just not gonna say anything. <laughs> safe, you know. I'm just gonna just to pull it away from politics, just because it's like <laughs> too risky. But that's that's just me and Street Fighter Five. Okay, let me tell you right now, because I have told, I have had like long conversations about this is the problem with Five. This needs to be fixed. This is the problem. And then I've had long conversations like, dude, Street Fighter Five is fun. It's good. Right. Like it's not as bad as you keep saying it. You know, like I I'm like in this weird like tug of war on Street Fighter Five as well, because like. I definitely see the good in it. I definitely see the bad in it, you know, but like, it's not the worst thing ever. Like a lot of people say, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird situation. It's so insane because like, if you, like, especially if you go on Twitter and I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone who <laughs> talks about Street Fighter on Twitter, but uh -huh. if you're a casual looking to get into it or you have some type of interest, especially in Street Fighter five, good luck. Right. <laughs> Because I've seen some people like, oh, you got a low IQ if you like Street Fighter Fire. And I'm over here like, it's a game. Come yeah, on now. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so easy just to want to, to shit on the game because it's kind of the in thing to do. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, and again, having the history that we do with video games, playing fighting games forever, God, like, we play, like, I don't know about you, but I played Champion Edition, okay? Street Fighter II Champion Edition. There was one character in that game, okay? His name was M. Bison, and that was it. Because nobody else could do anything to him. And you're trying to talk about how bad these games are, you know? And, and I'm just sitting there looking at, like, you guys don't even know how well-balanced Street Fighter V is right now. You don't even know, like, how, how, like the, how carefully thought out this game can be in certain aspects, you know? And it's like... It's it's a it's a weird situation. It's a weird time. <laughs> oh man! If they if they had to go through what we went through in the '90s with fighting games and before the the whole concept of balancing characters, who uh, uh -huh. I mean, Back then when they just didn't care, they're like, let's just make these characters do this. That one's broken. Oh well. <laughs> like if anyone wants to talk about a broken character in a fighting game, I have one. His mm -hmm. name is Rugal. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, which, which KOF? Which KOF was that? Oh my god. Um he was broken in ninety-four. Okay, okay. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. ultra broken in ninety-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I always think of like CVS one Nakaruru was like oh, broken. Don't like cable air hyper viper beam times four was discovered on day one, you know, and like negated half the cast and stuff, you know. Oh, but then MVC2 turns out to be one of the greatest fighting games of all time, right? So <laughs> you stick with it, man. You stick with it. Oh, man. 
uh, so you know, speaking of that, and you know, winding down to the last couple of questions, what what is like your uh, opinion on like the state of uh, the fighting game uh, community right now, and fighting games as a whole? Like, what do you think? Uh-oh. It's an interesting situation because right now it's like the greatest time to be a fighting game fan and the worst time to be a fighting game fan. (laughs) Honestly, there's just so many games out there right now that if you don't like one game, like if you don't like Street Fighter V, that's totally fine because there's a lot to not like about the game, right? So if you don't like it, you will find another fighting game that you like. Right, mm-hmm. like it, it could be Unist, right? It could be something like Skullgirls, you, like a niche game that you didn't even know about, and you go play Skullgirls, and you're like, oh my god, why is this game so amazing? You know, and dude, Skullgirls, like, just go mess with the training mode, and you will fall in love with the game. It's the best yeah. training mode in all the fighting games, right? And so, like, there's just so many, like, you will find the game that you enjoy out there. But at the same time, it's tough because there are so many fighting games. That, like, <laughs> it's kind of spreading the scene out a little bit. You know, we have enough players now that I don't think it's too much of a danger, but you know, back in the day, you know, Tokido would play everything and it was cool seeing Tokido play in everything. And now Tokido only plays street fighter. Cause that's how much work it takes to get good at a fighting game. You mm-hmm. have very few rare people like Sonic Fox and Kazunoko who can play more than one game and actually be good at them, you know, but like for the most part, you know, players, you know, you don't see in multiple games as much anymore. And the, so the scene gets kind of spread out a little bit and I, I, that's kind of tough. And not only that, but that also creates the fact that Twitch chat is just a never ending. This game sucks. My game's better. This game sucks. My game's better. This game sucks. Like it's just all like more people talk about hating the game that's currently on the stream than people are actually enjoying watching it, typing in the stream, you know, yeah. it's crazy. And and as a result, it's kind of a problem. And you know, I'm the I'm the rising tide raises all boats kind of kind of guy. You know, <laughs> so like you know, like if okay, say Street Fighter Five is not your thing, right? Go play something else. Dragon Ball Fighters is not my thing, right? I I don't really enjoy the game that much. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell anybody the game sucks. I don't think that, that anybody's wrong for liking the game. In fact, I think the game is great. I think it's wonderful because I know a lot of people who absolutely love that game. And to them, it's like the greatest fighting game they've ever played. And I'm not going to be like, well, you're just low IQ and you're stupid because, you know, like, it's not about that. You know, it's like if you don't like a fighting game, that's cool. Like, just like your pro- promote your game. Don't talk smack about the other game, you know, and just understand that other people like things that you don't. (laughs) Like if someone likes Street Fighter V, it's not for the money. It's not because they're shilling. It's not any of that stuff. It's because they genuinely enjoy the game. Like let people enjoy things, you know. That's just how it is. And so with that many fighting games, it is tough because you do get a lot of that kind of inherent rivalry hate kind of thing going on and if you're new into the fighting game community you'll come in like oh i really want to watch evo you jump in the evo chat and you just see all these people like this game sucks this game sucks you're an idiot and you're just like why do i want to be a part of this and then you're gone you know and like exactly (laughs) and you know it's 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 about trying to get more people in you know so if someone comes in learning to play street fighter 5 and you're a tekken fan right that Street Fighter fan may eventually go, you know, I don't know if I like this game as much. And someone will go, what about Tekken? And they'll be like, let me try this, right? So, you know, these people that you're insulting for playing Street Fighter V, you could chase out of the community, whereas they could become a person who eventually learns to like your game. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these are all players, people that we want to stay in the community. Who cares what they're playing? There's so much cross-pollination in fighting games that let it happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let it happen. Don't chase people out for playing a game that you think it's cool to insult. You know what I mean? And it's just anyways. <laughs> it, it makes me think of like um um other games like when you think of like the games that crossed over, like you know your Capcom versus SNKs, your Street Fighter cross Tekken, like games yeah. like that with two completely different fan bases, different mechanics and play styles, but you have people that try a character from the other game and like, huh, I'm curious about that. What do they play like in their own environment? Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. So Unist has better numbers this year, like last year in 2018. I love Eunice. Eunice is so great, right? And, like, the numbers for that game are up. Like, it's one of the only fighting games that has a clear rise in, like, playing and stuff like that. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle had a part to do with that, right? Mm Because a lot of people are like, oh, I've never seen who Orie or, you know, or uh, Hyde or Linne and all these characters are. But now that you've learned them in Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, you'll be like, hey, look. Uniel's on sale. Oh, Eunice is on sale on Steam. Let me buy this. And I know Linne, so let me just mess with her. And then all of a sudden, they discover one of the best fighting games out there on the market right now. Yeah. Right? You know, it's just it's, it's like you said. Like a lot of it could even come from a lot of that cross cross you know cross uh, franchise mixes and stuff. Yeah. So you know, and and like I said, any one of these guys could become one of the best Eunice, the, 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 this average Street Fighter player could, could become one of the best Eunice players. He just hasn't found it yet. Yeah. Don't chase him out by telling him he's stupid because he likes Street Fighter Five. Just be like, hey, I really like Eunice. Do you want to try playing it? You know, a little bit kind of happened with that yesterday when uh, Brian F. got yelled at about the Koe, Koime Enbu thing. And then mm-hmm. he eventually played it on his stream because everybody was yelling at him. So, and then a whole bunch of people like saw the game and like, Actually, some people bought it and stuff like that, you know, like, (laughs) like, don't hate on people for playing certain games, just let them play it. And eventually, the craziest things could happen. I'll always say positivity is always more powerful, right? So yeah, that's how it is. (laughs) I mean, like, um, one of the, the, there are three games that I, well, four games that I rotate in and out. Mm -hmm. uh, Eunice, which I love, I'll play Mm -hmm. that. I'll fall asleep playing that game, and I'll play. It. <laughs> I love Eunice. Uh, Lene is my my main character. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Um, I play Eunice. Uh, I love fighting Ex Layer, which I think is a really Ooh, good okay, game. Okay. That people, I feel like they're sleeping on that one. Yeah. See, I haven't even played it yet. So, like, oh, I'm one of those people who's sleeping on it. So, this is too many games. There's too many games, man. <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, Eunice fighting Ex Lair, uh, King of Fighters 14, which I love. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I can barely find matches because I don't think a lot of people play yeah. it online. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and then the other one is Street Fighter 5, which I I'll play it. I don't play it as much. Like I was known for just streaming that exclusively, but mm-hmm. then like I'm just playing other games, and I have people like, "Oh, you're not playing that?" I'm like, "No, I'm playing. I'm playing Eunice today, or I'm playing, or um, actually no." Another game, uh, Blast Blue, uh, Central Fiction. I love it. Oh, okay. And okay. Gear, Exard, Rev Two, and people like, oh, I'm, I've never seen that or I've never heard of that, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna try that out. Is yeah, it good? I'm like, yeah. yes. And like, you could introduce so many more players. And like you say, you take an average Street Fighter Five player, which I, I'm below average at best, 
but I'm really good at fighting EX Slayer or King of Fighters and all right. that. And it's like you can do that. Like you can you can include people. They may not like one thing, but something else can give them the opportunity to be good at it and enjoy it and feel good about it. And you should never right. take that from people. And, and the worst thing about it too is like, let's say you are an average Street Fighter Five player and you are looking at Injustice Two and you're like huh, I might want to play Injustice 2 because I'm a DC fan, right? Yeah. And when the Injustice player comes up to you and goes like, why are you playing that shitty Street Fighter Five? This game sucks, or you should play Injustice 2. Injustice 2 is the best. And then you'll be like, what are you talking? Injustice 2 sucks. You know what I mean? Like, you just, <laughs> you just killed their desire to play it because you're being negative about their game, so they want to be negative about your game. And like, then they'll see everything everybody else says, like, oh, Injustice 2 is boring. It's so zoning. And then they'll start parroting that. And now all of a sudden you just lost to the potential injustice player because you had the shit on Street Fighter Five, right? You know, right. And that's just how it is. Like, just the more negativity breeds negativity. So, like, you know, positivity brings breeds positivity. So, you know, I know it's it's a it's it's a pipe <laughs> dream in a lot of ways, you know, because it's the internet and it's just human nature. But you know. I feel like we can do, we can make strives to make it better. So yeah. it's possible. It's possible. Definitely. Um, one of my last couple of questions is like uh, about the influence of esports. You know how that's changing gaming as a whole, and, and you know it's it's growing because now it's it's officially being considered a sport. It's on ESPN. It's getting up there. Like, what do you think its influence is on you know trying to be a professional gamer or a professional FTC player? Like, uh, how do you think that's impacting it? It's it's tricky one because I'm not as optimistic as a lot of other people on this topic right now because mm -hmm. I feel like one of the biggest weaknesses of esports right now is that it's overpromising. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of things out there. I mean, we see the situation with, for example, like Echo Fox. They mm -hmm. signed a bunch of players and then all of a sudden they dropped a bunch of players. You know, I have no confirmation from the for this, but my theory is that you know they probably just had a bunch of investors. And the yeah. investors invested in it and they weren't making anything. So they pulled out. Right. So like, I feel like esports is just kind of over promising. They're calling themselves the next big thing and they're doing it not by proving it, but by trying to force it into everybody's brain that esports is the next big thing. I don't think it is yet. I don't think we're even remotely there yet. You know, yeah. um, I've been talking about this a lot to a lot of different people. Uh, so, you know, apologies if you've heard me talk about this before oh, even on my own stream. But like, you know, a lot of people talk about how the LCS finals for League of Legends had more viewers than the Super Bowl. And so they're like, oh, 200 million people watched the Super Bowl, right? Isn't that really impressive? You know, one, you know, LCS is not charging a few million dollars for a 30 second ad to be run on 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 their show, right? On their stream. And two, 200 million like 200 million of like the 202 million people come from China. <laughs> like, I didn't even think it was that bad. I thought it was like maybe 60% of the people from China, but I looked it up and it's literally like 200 million of the 202 million, like literally, like not even an exaggeration came from China. And so 2 million came from the rest of the world. And so like esports is like, how do you tell an investor that, right? How do you tell an investor like, hey, we have more viewers in the Super Bowl and they're like, cool, let's invest in this and you don't get anything from it because 99% of your audience can't buy your product. 
You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just feel like esports is pushing too hard. I've seen it before from early esports guys, like who I talked to from Twitch. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's great. Everything's great. Like, we're the big thing. Look at all this." And and I'm just like, "Like, what are you doing?" And so at this point, I think we're trying to make it grow too fast, and so we end up with situations where just saying and JDCR are sponsored by Echo Fox and get dropped right before the Tekken World Finals, you know? So mm -hmm. in a way, the esports stuff, while it's growing, uh, there is, I'm, I'm scared of the bubble, right? I, I think I talked about that a little bit. The, I'm scared of the esports bubble. Mm -hmm. um, fighting in community, I think, is safe because we're very grassroots oriented. So like CEO, Combo Breaker, Evo, they're all run by themselves. There's no investment in there. No one can take money away from it. As long as the people who are running those events want to run those events, and as long as fighting games are being played, they will still be able to run those events. That's the great thing, right? It's not like MLG getting bought by Activision, and then it turns out that MLG was like a few million dollars in debt, you know, that Activision had to pay out and stuff like that. You know, it's not like one of those things because that's all venture capitalists, right? And the venture yeah. capitalists can pull out on you eventually and stuff. So uh, while the esports stuff is growing, you know, I think it's it's dangerous in a weird in a way that you know people are going to like hope for too much. Like people are going to be like, well, I'm going to play video games because I'm going to be like Justin. I'm going to be like Justin Wong, right? And they're going to try to play. They're not going to make any money. And again, it's like, it's hard because it's very much the 1%. It's the Jordan, you know, there's Jordan. And then there's that guy who's playing in the black tops in Texas. You know what I mean? You know, there's those kind of situations and people don't want to believe that video games are the same way. You know, everyone feels like they're good at video games, but that's a whole nother topic I can talk about at some other time. But like, you know, so it is kind of risky. There is a little bit like for me, the reason why I like to talk about this topic too, is because as a commentator, I make video games and fighting games seem awesome and exciting these guys are heroes and everything and i feel kind of responsible like i feel like i might be luring people to their doom you know? <laughs> <laughs> in a way and so you know i i just want to be upfront about that that we're not quite there yet right now do i believe we'll get there oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. eventually it'll get to the point where i'm sure esports will be this big industry and people will start truly making money and the money will spread a little bit more beyond just like riot making all the money right so mm -hmm. like, um, I'm sure it will get to that point. I don't think it'll get there as fast as we want it to. I don't think it'll get as fast as we say it will. It'll get yeah. there, but it's important, I think, to keep your expectations tempered and <clears throat> slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. So that that's kind of how I feel about that whole entire thing. So, you know, it's depressing to see Justin and Tokido no longer part of Echo Fox and all these things like that. But, you know, um, like I said, just don't, instead of thinking doom and gloom, just use that as a lesson to understand what the landscape really is. And once you really know what the landscape is, you can build off of that intelligently and really make something that nobody can take away from us, which is what the fighting game community has been pretty good at doing so far. So I hope we can keep that up. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, one of my last questions is, or last two questions rather is, uh, when it comes to, like, someone who wants to, like, get into fighting games or if they want to get into commentary, like, what would you say is a good way for them to start? They just, like, just hop in, go to their locals, you know, start watching matches and calling commentary? Or, like, oh, how do you think they should go about it? Um, locals is almost always one of the most important things. And that's tough because not everybody has locals. And, in fact, 
more people don't have locals than do have locals, right? Mm -hmm. So, but if you can find a local, going there and playing is important and not worrying about your results right away, make friends, become a part of the community uh, and just really start, you know, making sure you sit down and play a bunch of casuals with them, ask people questions, find the good people in your community. Now, don't get me wrong, again, there are communities where some people are just jerks and they will ostracize you for some other, some unknown reason, you know, because they just don't like the way you look or something, I don't know. But like, I've heard stories about people going to the locals and just everybody being total assholes to them. If that happens, you know, find, find other means, sure. But like, if you can go to your local, if you can make friends with people, if you can be a part of a community, it's usually the best way to start because you can learn by talking to other people, people can help you. And then, uh, you know, if you have a local streamer and they're streaming it, you can just say, hey, can I jump on commentary and jump on and do commentary, right? Otherwise, if, you're a com if you wanna be a commentator, practice at home a lot, watch some match videos. There's a lot of channels that upload, uh, you know, CFN replays that have no commentary. So just watch those and commentate them. And, you know, find some bad matches because you'll have to commentate some bad matches. And that's infinitely harder than commentating good matches. Let me tell you right now, <laughs> right? When, when you're doing 8 a.m. pools at Evo, oh my God, some of those matches you're just watching and you're like, I like, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> you don't want to talk bad about anybody, but they're just making bad decisions the whole time, but they're learning. And you don't want to like discourage them by being like, what the hell, why is this guy even playing? You know, like, you don't want to do that kind of thing like that. So, you know, learn to commentate all sorts of different kinds of matches. And uh, as a player, uh, I mean, honestly, the number one thing about the player is, at uh, being a player is just know that it's going to take work. If you want to be good and competitive, there will be those guys out there like Knuckle Doo and Punk that for some reason just seem to pick it up like nothing. Like even someone like uh, Sonic Fox who you think, oh, he's just born like playing fighting games. But, you know, what? since he was young, he was playing fighting games with his older brother, right? His older brother is one of the top players in Dead or Alive, right? So he's, he's had that pedigree his whole life. So he was literally raised playing fighting games practically. So no wonder he's so good, right? So, you know, so even he had to put in years. We just don't see it because he's young and he came out of nowhere, so to speak. And it feels like he's just amazing all of a sudden, right? But everybody who's good has put in the work. And a lot of times when you put in the work, it always comes down to you admitting that you made the mistake. You know, one of the most fundamental things about fighting games is if you watch, like, let's say you watch, um, uh, like, Knuckle Doo play Guile, right? Mm -hmm. And you play Guile and you can't win. The Guile that you're playing is not any different than the Guile Knuckle Doo is playing. He doesn't have more levels. He doesn't have better gear. He doesn't have extra special. He's using literally the same Guile that you are. And mm -hmm. if he's winning and you're not, that means it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. And to get good at fighting games, one of the toughest things about it is it really is you have to look at yourself internally. I was talking about that earlier when we started, how mm -hmm. much of fighting games is about that, you know, understanding that it's your fault when you're not winning. And so to get good at fighting games, you have to be willing to accept that. Don't blame the game. Don't blame the characters. You know, don't blame the outside source. You know, tier lists are tier lists. They're just there to set your expectations properly. But then you guys got guys got like Doom Snake who finished like top eight every major, you know, with Vega, you know, who's low tier. But, you know, you. so, you know, again, 
if you're not winning, you know, really take a deep look inside yourself and figure out how you can fix that. And then reach out to people as well, because there's a lot of people out there who are willing to help these days. And that is a big difference now. And, and that is something that's really awesome about the FGC currently. Awesome, man. And i got to ask you, pad or stick, which is better? Which you prefer? <laughs> I prefer stick because I grew up on stick, right? But nowadays, play whatever makes you comfortable because Knuckle Dew was a pad player and he's one of the best. In fact, most of the best players are pad players these days. You know, like Punk is a pad player, right? Like whatever makes you, hitbox. Like I personally think the hitbox is probably the future. Like everyone should be playing on a hitbox. Mm. But you know, uh, whatever works for you, use that because it worked any, some people get, someone was playing on a racing wheel stick. Some people have been playing on, like, you know, whatever works for you. Go. Some people play on a keyboard. I've seen people play like on a keyboard, you know? So whatever works for you, the human is an amazing machine. They can adapt to so many different things. So what works for you is what's best for you. Don't, don't jump to one or the other because someone says it's better. Because honestly, there are advantages to both, like to, 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 the, to the pad and the stick. There's advantages to either one of them. And so whatever suits you, go for it. That's my opinion. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, uh, when will we see you out here in Hawaii at our local scene with either uh, BGH 808 or Video Gamers Hawaii 808 out here on Oahu or FGC Hawaii on the Big Island? Dude, I – God, please – I would love to go back. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I, I, I was saying earlier, I love Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I've been there a few times. I've met a lot of the guys uh, from the FTC there. Like I know Leviathan, like I know Dane and all these other guys on, on, you know, in Honolulu and stuff like that. So like, I know, like I've been to the Hawaii suite a bunch of times at Evo and everything. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm, and, and I just love it out there. Like every time I go to Hawaii, I, I feel so relaxed. Like I can't even explain just how <laughs> how chill I feel there. So anytime you guys want me to go, I'm I'm down. I'm down. I'm out. I'm 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 there. I'm there. So. Oh man. Uh, last question, James. I know you got to go, but um, the last question is like, what uh, what are some projects that you have in the works that uh people should should keep their ear to the ground and eyes open to look well, out for? Uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm really trying to put my nose to the grindstone here this year. So um, I've been really working hard on trying to stream more on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, a lot of beginner stuff. I used to do these videos called First Attack where I teach basic concepts of fighting games. But like they're so outdated now and YouTube like has them in weird like aspect ratios and they like it's weird. So like I have a hit confirming episode that's on Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna update them all to like be more modern stuff. You know, I'll do like hit confirm episodes for Street Fighter V and, and, and Dragon Ball and stuff like that. You know, uh, I have a project called the FTC Locals of the World, which uh, I take uh, people's weeklies or, you know, even events from all over the world. And uh, I restream them on my channel, basically. So uh, they, you know, they give me their VOD you know, and then I just basically restream it on mine, do commentary for it, and then promote their scene as much as I can during that particular episode and things like that. It is, I mean, just full disclosure, it is a paid service right now, just because, mm -hmm. you know, 
man's got to eat, you know, so, you know, I try not to charge much at all for that, you know, because like I said, I'm streaming it on my channel. There's obviously huge benefits to myself. And so obviously everything's negotiable and everything like that. So uh, that's one project that I'm trying to ramp up and stuff. And so I've got a lot of little things that I'm trying to do, but keep an eye on youtube.com slash ultra Chen TV as well, because a lot of that content I'll be uploading over there as well. So you'll, you'll see a lot of that stuff there. All right. Awesome. Hey, I lied. I have one final question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right. Did you have fun? Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a great time. That was awesome. <laughs> good, good, good talk. So yeah, yeah. It, it, awesome. Again, sorry if I rambled on a lot of f things, but you know, like th some of those are like those topics that I need to get on my soapbox for. So. <laughs> hey man, there's nothing about it. Uh, no, no worries. <laughs> I tell you, like the Cast Nova podcast, all organic conversations. You can yeah. say whatever you want. There's no filter, no need. Whatever you want to say, go ahead. This is a platform. You can say however you want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I had a great time. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for everyone who's watching who's uh, when this video goes up or who's listening, whether it be on iTunes or other platforms, you'll be able to find us on youtube.com slash Mikhail Casanova. It'll also be, I'm going to start trying to put my podcast on Twitch because apparently podcasts and Twitch are really like, hmm. I need to get on there. Apparently a lot of people are telling me I need to do that. Okay. So I'll do it. Okay. I'll put it on <laughs> twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova. You can catch it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Um, I believe we're now on iHeartRadio. I believe well, I was supposed to re respond to uh, one of the other outlets I'm supposed to be on. I think uh, Podcast One and um, Sirius XM. I was supposed to. Yeah, it reminds me. I need to. Re I need to respond. I'm gonna edit that part out. Of the podcast. Yeah, I need to talk to you about that because I need to get on that too, dude. Like the Spotify thing, dude. So yeah. Yeah, man. Just, uh, I I'll shoot you all the informations whether you want to be on Spotify or if you want to do like I do it. Basically, I upload one and it reshares to all. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so, that would be good. Okay. So I'll okay. definitely. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll shoot that information <laughs> over to you today. Uh, what is? I think you're two hours ahead of me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. Two hours, I believe. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah. So as soon as um, we wrap it up and um, I get I get everything together, I'll just go ahead. I'll shoot it to you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just send it to me in DMs. That's fine. Slide okay. right on in. So there you go. All right, cool. cool. <laughs> All right, and, and uh, everyone, thank you for watching and listening. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming on. It's such an honor to have you on, man. We we, we got we got to get you out to Hawaii. We're oh, yeah. gonna make a movement, James, for Hawaii. All right, let's do it. I'm 100% in favor of that. I'm, I'm down, so I'll back that 100%. <laughs> all right. And uh, people, links to all of James's outlets are in the description down below. Whether you're listening or watching, just go down to the description. You'll be able to find it. And with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Catch you on the next one. Did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova Podcast? Well, I hope you did. And if you did, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. And let us know what we can improve upon, what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that good stuff. And just make sure you always have a good time. That being said, this is your boy, Mikael Casanova, my wife's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out, and I'll catch you on the next episode.